Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Sideline Summit. I'm Antonio Perez, joined as always by Danny Cole, DC, UPenn's finest, and Chris Coacher, CB Coacher Boy, who missed last week, but he is back. He was on the cruise. He had a good time. Uh, but what is a Sideline Summit episode without Chris at this point? It was almost, it was like this time last year, we brought Chris on full time, and we haven't looked back since. Uh, probably the top move that we've ever made. But, of course, we got Summit to Plummets for you guys. Uh, NBA Weekly, uh, it's been a big week in the in the association um at least you know all-star votes and all that is, is starting to ramp up uh daily slander on twitter um players yeah, living evolving, not dissolving <laughs> yeah at players living off aura and then we're going to recap week 17 in the nfl and then we're going to talk strictly the nfl playoff race for the rest of the episode so many scenarios could go down there is a record 20 teams that have playoff implications in the final week of the season. That is the most since, I believe, 87. I think that's what Adam Schefter said. Uh, don't quote me on that. But, um, yeah. But before we get into, you know, the, the big chunk of the episode, we got to start with Summit's Plummets. Let's start with Chris this time because, I mean, obviously, the boy is back. Bro yeah, is man. In, uh, he's on a cruise, man. That's got to be the Summit of the Week. That's why I say that. It's, it's halfway. It's halfway my Summit of the Week. It's It's halfway. And so my summit is being on the cruise. It was really fun. It was a great time uh, celebrating the holidays with my family. That was that was great. But on top of that, and this is, so I'll make it two summits because that'll be one of my summits. So my second summit is the fact I was able to gloat on the boat while watching the games because I was – so I was walking around, you know, blah, 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 mind my business, unlimited drink package, loopy. And people were like – people had 49ers jerseys on the day before. So I'm like, hmm. Okay, I see what's going on. I see, I see. So then I'm sitting down, like, yeah, the Ravens have no no chance to beat the 49ers, blah, blah, blah. I have no chance, blah, blah. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, yeah, I think we're going to be good, blah, blah. So seeing the tears and the sadness fall down on people's face, ah, uh, it made my day. It made my life. I was so, so happy. It was so fun. But uh, it was cool just to, like, you know, watch the game with other people that I never, never, of course, never going to see again probably, but just seeing them locked in was really, really cool. So, uh, yeah, that was, that was my two summers, being on the cruise and then, Watching my boys win while on the cruise, that was cool. So, yeah. Yeah, it seems like for these past two weeks, nobody has been more on top of the world than Baltimore and their fan base. I mean, you smack up on two con- two of the top contenders in the NFL. It's almost like you set yourself apart. Um, Three of the top MVP candidates, too. And yeah. it's like 
it was it was it was making my me feel good about my Lamar thing like a couple weeks ago when I was like, well, if you can get through this gauntlet and play really well, 321, five touchdowns. I don't know. Is quarterback enough? I'm not sure. It's, I don't know. Is <laughs> is five touchdown passes, no picks, perfect passer rating, quarterback enough? The New England media will never know. <laughs> But uh, Danny, swing it to you for your summit plumber. I think I think I have a feeling what the summit might be, but we'll let you we'll let you uh, talk it out. Yeah, the summit of the week is. I don't know if you actually know what the summit of the week is. It's the fact tell, that tell the me. Pittsburgh Steelers have found a QB of the future in Mason Rudolph. <laughs> QB of the future, huh? <laughs> no, the QB of the now. The, he's 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 arrived. Uh, it, took, it might have taken five years. They wrote him off. What you? And what draft class was he? Right was he 2017? I'm 2017. Because uh, I feel like he was like the first QB behind like a big set of quarterbacks. He's Oklahoma State, right? 2018. He was 2018. So that was Baker, right? It was Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Lamar. Yeah, and he was like the first yeah. guy out of those out of those top five. Yeah. You know what? I'll go as far as to say he's the fourth best quarterback out of that draft class. He's better than Rosen. Uh, Ogo Lamar Baker. You could, I mean, I guess you could say third. I mean, what has Sam Darnold done? Uh, Mason Rudolph. Hey, Mason Rudolph. You're, you're, you're forgetting. You got Lamar, Josh Allen, and Baker Mayfield. Lamar. Oh, I forgot Josh Allen. That's my bad. Yeah, four, four. I'm sorry. I, I'm thinking. Jo- I was thinking Josh Allen was 2017 for some reason. Too goaded. <laughs> but yes, I remember that draft class vividly. Me and Danny. I you know before the mics were picked up, we were both kind of like, yeah, why is everyone saying Lamar is the fifth best quarterback of this class? He's like no worse than two, and we both thought Baker was one. Like I, I don't know. We weren't falling for all the. Raw Sam Darnold stuff, and the I thought Josh Rosen was pretty cool, uh, because of the big uh, AM comeback, but obviously he flamed out. And then I didn't really know too much about Josh Allen at the time, but you know, turns out Yo, that him and Lamar are pretty good. How about the so, Browns picking Nick Chubb at third overall in that class? Worth it. <laughs> Eagles talk about let's talk, talk about talk about two running backs going in the top three. Saquon went yeah. went through, right? Yeah. Wow. I didn't realize Saquon that. went two. No. Chubb. Chubb went three? I thought the Jets yeah, had Chubb third pick. Th- three in the second round. Oh, okay, okay. I thought you meant third pick. I would say third pick was Darnold, and then the fourth pick was Denzel Ward, right? Yeah. I like Denzel Ooh, Ward. I know, ball. I, know, I know ball. I know ball. Okay. So, uh, my summit, um, right, literally right before I hit record, I talked about how I want to talk about Derek White, and it's going to help flow into NBA Weekly like always. But I love that J.J. Redick is doing God's work because guys like us three, of course, we know what Derek White brings to the table. I've watched every single game of Derek White's for the past year, two two and a half years. Um, I knew what he was like in San Antonio. But what has changed, obviously he's a defensive menace, but – now he is shooting the three ball at an elite rate. So he's not even a three and D guy. He can play make when your main guys are out. He can score on all three levels. He can get to the rim. He's a big guard. So I'm glad that everybody is starting to see 
whether you think he's an all-star or not, that's you know up for your own interpretation. I know the East is very guard-heavy. If he didn't make it, I'm not shocked at all. But I'm glad he's starting to get this recognition because he truly is one of, if not the best role player in the NBA. Like when I think top-tier role players, I'm thinking Derek White. I'm thinking Nas Reed. Aaron I'm, thinking, I'm thinking Aaron Gordon. I'm thinking Kelly Oubre. Um, I'm thinking... <coughs> I'm thinking Brooke Lopez. You know, he doesn't score at the level of those guys. I'm thinking Bobby Portis. I think Derek White, I don't think it's a stretch to say, is probably just a little bit over the rest of those. Aaron Gordon, obviously, he's got that championship pedigree. I can't hate. If he's your number one role player, I totally get it. But I think Derek White is, like, is some of the, the, the best of the best. Like, he's true. Like, on any given night, he can be the Celtics' second-best player. Almost on any given night, he can be their first-best player, uh, depending on – uh, if Tatum would like to show up, but yeah, I, I that was my that my little summit of the week. I'm glad that one of my favorite players is starting to get recognition. Um, I'm getting a jersey soon because if we don't, I promise we're extending him. I, they better. Uh, and then I guess my plummet for the week is uh, strange phenomena. Apparently, the Eagles played at one this week. Didn't get to watch it. Didn't really see what happened, but um. Yeah, I mean, I saw I saw the twenty minutes that the offense played. That that looked pretty good, but apparently the Cardinals didn't get to go on offense. It was damn yeah, shame, and they just crazy. they just scored they just scored thirty five points like out of thin air. Like who who'd ever thought? But um, <laughs> before well, I have my hopes and dreams crushed, like we can talk about uh, the NBA because uh, NBA is amazing. Um, yeah, one 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 thing I have to talk about. Uh, go ahead, a little get, guessing game for you. After Nick Chubb, who is this, the next oh. two running backs off of the board in the second round of that year? Uh, I want to say is Sony Michelle one of them? I'll give you the teams. One was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the second team was the Detroit Lions. Oh, Detroit Lions drafted a running back? They did. Dude, I got nothing. I'm not going to lie to you. Chris, you got any guesses? I'm such a casual right here. I was just hoping somebody said something. I was like, oh, yeah, obviously. I have no clue. <laughs> so I can't. you got yeah, Kansas City Chief legend Ronald Jones for the Bucks. Yep. Yeah, I would never guess. You got carry on Johnson. Yeah, no. I, I had no shot on either one of those, not gonna lie. Uh but here I now this was a uh, Matt Patricia pick. Yeah, it sounds like a Matt uh, Patricia pick, but we can move on for real this time to the NBA. And I guess one thing uh, that I want to talk about that's, I I want to say, kind of gone on the radar, but in a way, because you only ever talk about this team when they're doing bad. The Los Angeles Clippers, I believe, have won, I think they're 12-3 and three in their last 15. And they have really found their stride. They've given Harden the point guard duties. Kawhi Leonard starting to pick it up. Paul George picking it up, starting to find a rotation. And this team has been looking like the best in the West, in my opinion. Um, you know, Russell Westbrook having the pride to come off the bench is huge, regardless of how big his impact actually is felt. Him being able to give Harden those touches to make everybody else better because, you know, Harden is the better playmaker. It, it's vicious effect. Um, I think it's really elevated. Um, the Clippers game and shout out Ty Lue. Um, I, he gets, 
you're either I think I think people are on a whole opposite end of the spectrum with Ty Lue. It's like you really, really think this is a good coach, or like he should have been fired like now. Um, I I think he's a good coach. I do think he had a little bit. I think he's a good manager of stars. Uh, he showed it in Cleveland. Um, he showed it, you know, early on with LA, and I think he's starting to figure it out now. Um, my only criticism of him is that uh, he hasn't talked to the front office about Zubac yet. But um, yeah, keep plugging those Daniel Tice minutes. We need those. We need those. Eagles legend uh, Daniel Tice. I would say, Chris, what are your thoughts on the other LA team? Uh, I, it pains me to actually say good things about them because I hate the Clippers as a whole. But I can't. Actually, can I say bad things? Um, it looks like what anybody with the brain and who's ever watched basketball for a year could have thought. A lot of talent, if they can figure it out, they're going to be good. Just as simple as that. And that's what they yeah, are. Yeah, real simple. At the end of the day, as we are. And I, I gave James Harden a lot of hate because I hate how James Harden just gets out of shape and just forgets how to play. Like, not play basketball. He just forgets how to be a team player and do for the team. But when James Harden is right, at the he showed you can be the best scorer in the NBA. When he's right now at the over plus 32 seed, like age 32 season, he's the best facilitator in the NBA outside of Halliburton and Trey, you know, Trey Young, like outside of those two. At the end of the day, that's just versatility in a great star player. And, and also, I think a lot of people have said this before, but James doesn't have to worry about taking the last shot every time now. Like if it comes to him, it's like on a swing or he's like second, third option. That just makes you be able to play more freely in the Florida game, the Florida office. So you're able to, you know, just do what you need to do. And I don't know. I, I like what the Clippers are doing. I like how they play small ball enough, but their small ball is still six four and up at the end of the day. So it's small, but it's like the Celtics small ball at the end of the day. You know, like it's you still have bigger guards, you still have bigger forwards, so it's not as small. So I think um, as long as Ty, Ty, Ty Lue keeps pushing the right buttons, and I think them moving a lot of those role players helped Ty Lue because Ty Lue was a player's coach, and he was trying to play 12 guys a night. It's just hard to do that in the NBA. So now you have it more down to 10, 9 to 10, Free bones Highland, but you still have nine and ten out. So it's like at the end of the day, like it's it's more manageable for him. And I like I like what the Clippers are doing. It, very respectful. Like I said, twelve and three in the last fifteen. Being and they they play good teams. So they're not just beating up on on bums. They play good teams too. So uh, shout out to the Clippers. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, they um they played the Heat last night. I think without Jimmy Butler, but they stomped on them pretty bad. You know, that's that's a pretty solid win against a Heat team that's been battling injuries all year. They're still in the upper echelon of the Eastern conference, I could have never expected this to happen. You know, and, and Max Drew's still really good three point shooter. I thought he was, he would be a, at least a pretty decent loss. Um, I think he would have been if they and, didn't get Jaime. If, if they exactly, didn't find Jaime, Jaime quite literally solved them and gave Vincent's issues because, and this is another thing we could transition two, right into from Clippers to a uh, four year talk. Birds, ahead, one stone. Yes. Pat Riley's aim is amazing. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. When you're a contending team, don't look for potential guys. Like, don't look for potential, man. Uh, you know, if, if you're, yeah, like if you're, you know, if this is why teams like the Lakers, teams like Celtics, everyone's like, why would we pass on Cam Whitmore? Look, Cam Whitmore is amazing. I think he has all-star potential he's a phenomenal scorer that guy cam won't contribute to winning basketball right now but jaime jaquez who has been on a super i mean established is cutting it real short when it comes to ucla basketball couple of exactly 
Jaime has championship pedigree to him. He knows what it takes to win. He knows the open spots on the floor. He has like the IQ to go out there and run with vets like Jimmy, Bam, Tyler Hero to this point. You know, he, you can play him in clutch situations because he is a very high basketball IQ. And, you know, with all that being said, you know, I don't necessarily think he's rookie of the year. I still think Chet and Wemby are in their own stratosphere. But I mean, like in terms of like the impact he's provided, the Heat, it, it cannot go, you know, I, he needs to be an example for contending teams going forward. Don't go, maybe this, don't go overpaying role players. Draft them. Now, and there is a difference. Jaime Jaquez is a wing, can shoot, can defend. That's a guy you pick up. You don't pick up Zach Eady. You don't pick up Drew Timmy. Those aren't guys you pick up. Those are big men who are just bigger, stronger than everybody else. You you put them into a man's game and, uh, you know, things happen. Yeah, I think every four-year starter, not a four-year starter for the same reason. And I think Jaime shows that. Like, I think I think that's a, a big part of it, too. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, who I know this – oh, go ahead, Danny. Go ahead. I, guess I can save mine. No, you're good. I, I just have some – some we can uh, – it's going to add some spice to this NBA Wiggly. Okay, yeah, yeah. So what I just want to say, because I think Chris will agree with me on here. If Frank Mason was drafted to a contender, he would have had his career would have panned out. Yet, thank you, bro. He was too good. He had too good of IQ, too good of a scorer, but he was drafted to the Kings. They were already loaded with guards. It was too much of a loaded room, but you throw him on a contender, he's giving you good backup PG minutes. Come on, he was a player of the year, and he's not bigger, faster, stronger. This dude was like 5'11", if even that. That might be generous. You know, I think about Frank Mason a lot, believe it or not. Um, I drafted him in one of the 2Ks. I drafted him and Josh Jackson. I thought those guys were going to be really good. Josh Jackson actually was on the Celtics for a little bit. But, yeah, free Frank Mason. Uh, bro bro yeah, should be playing. I, I learned some NBA news this week. Go ahead. Do you know that Jameer Nelson is the GM of the Delaware Bluecoats? I think I did see that somewhere. I feel, I feel, yeah, I was going to say, I can't say I knew that for sure. I feel like I saw something like that before. Yeah, I, I was like, I saw that Sixers posted him, and I was like, what the hell? So Yeah, did you know Jason Did you know Jason Tatum's dad coaches the Illawarra Hawks, which is LaMelo Ball's former NBL team? Very and he's cool, got yeah. them right. Yep. And he's got them right. Uh, another another and, guy's over there, um, A.J. Johnson, who's going to come to the NBA in a couple years. He'll be, I think he'll be a... I think he's in the 2025 class in the Cooper class, Cooper flag class, but he's over playing for Iowa right now. Oh, they're about to be cooping them. <laughs> the second part, I'm bringing a summit savings for tonight. I mean, it's tonight, so it's not really. I think I get your opinion on it. Yeah, I'll say this it's ain't for y'all watching. This is for us. <laughs> when it hits, you're gonna be like, "Oh, how you should have told us." Sixers money line, Nets money line against the Pelicans. Thunder upsetting the Celtics. Magic beating the Warriors. Hornets covering the spread and Spurs covering the spread. Spurs covering the spread. Who do they play? The Grizzlies. Grizz on the road. Plus 11. I don't know. <laughs> I don't I like think plus, so. I, I like plus 11. You think... Okay. I like no, nah, yeah, I mean that that could hit. That could hit. Um I would say uh uh we could we could transition into um cuz you mentioned um 
Celtics, um, we could talk about what's going on at the at the top of the Eastern Conference. So you have Celtics, top of the conference, followed by Bucks and Sixers. I wanted to get y'all opinion. So all teams fully healthy. Who makes it out the East? Uh, just from what you've seen so far, taking everything to account, you know, offense, obviously offense, defense, how teams operate in clutch time, um, how they operate during comeback. Like from what you guys have seen, I guess we can start with Danny out of the Celtics, Bucks, Sixers, and we'll say Heat as well. Who do you feel, what two teams will end up in the Eastern Conference Finals at this point? And what team would you pick to represent the East in the Finals? As of right now, I think the Celtics, when they play their best ball, are the best team. But you don't get that that much. You don't. You don't get that. I, I want to say that much. You don't get it all the time. I'll say that. In a seven-game series, there might be three games where you don't get everyone's best, and that might the six. The Sixers historically have shown that they can't overcome that. So I'm going to go with the Milwaukee Bucks. They finally got a guy next to Giannis that can go get his own bucket. They're proven to be one of the best teams in the NBA. No matter how you can draw it up, you can say that they've lost games that they should have won. I don't care. Coming down a stretch, taking two guys, one in his early 30s, one in his late 20s, who know the game of basketball in and out, who are great players. I'm taking the Bucks. Yeah, the stretch they've been on, those two specifically since, I believe, November 23rd, like they they figured it out, to put it plain and simple. You know, they haven't really played nobody in that stretch, but like I said with the Sixers, you play whoever's in front of you. So, and I think Dame and Giannis have done a really good job figuring it out. I still personally think they need to run more pick and roll together. It's one of, if not the most unstoppable play in basketball, yet they refuse to run it almost every single time down the court. I remember year one, point guard LeBron, power forward AD. If they could not get the offense going, they were going to that pick and roll and they were getting two points. It was it was that simple. And I think they need to learn that. Eventually, Malik Beasley shots ain't going to fall forever. Brooke Lopez shots already ain't falling because he'd been messing up the lease. But uh, Bobby Portis, you know, he's he's a good player, but, you know, that shouldn't be the guy you're relying on to, you know, help the perimeter shooting. Eventually, you two just got to get downhill and do what you do best. Uh, Giannis is going to get downhill. It's a matter of, you know, setting up the pick and roll, really putting the defense in a bind. I like the the Bucks pick. Chris, who would you pick right now to represent the East in the NBA Finals? Um, well, I, first, I'm going to answer the first one you said with, like, who would I pick, like, as far as the two teams. Uh, the same team that's been there. The Celtics and the Heat <coughs> picking to be in East Conference Finals. And the reason I say that is because in no way, shape, or form do I trust Joel Embiid in the seven-game series. No offense, Danny. I don't trust him. And then – I don't know. You think I trust him? How many years? <laughs> the, how many years? I'm worried no, I, I don't care. For the Bucks and for the Bucks, they lost a lot of depth. And I think that matters in the playoffs. Like, yes, you need your star players to play, and I think Dame and Giannis will do their thing. But losing Drew Holiday was huge in the simple fact of he's your point of attack person. And now, yeah, you replaced with Daniel, you replaced with scoring, but in the playoffs, it's about stops. And the good reason why the Bucs beat the Suns was because they were able to get more stops. So I think that's going to hinder them a little bit unless they can make a trade for another defensive piece there. Um, and I, I picked the Heat because a lot of teams, you had their caveat of if they're, if they're healthy, if so-and-so is right, if this and that. The Heat have showed – 
five out of the last six years or three out of the last four years that no matter what's happening, healthy, not healthy, a fucking bubble around the place where they're playing, they're going to be there. And it's, it much, as much as it's like not sexy for them to be there because they don't have the, the stars that kill all regular season, they don't have the super offensive players outside Tyler Hero. I think Tyler Hero doesn't get the love he deserves for being a good offensive player. But at the end of the day, the Heat are always there, bro. And it's because of coaching, t- collection of talent, and being able to mesh well. And I don't think that's going to go anywhere. And I think as far as playoff goes, continuity, continuity that's what you need. You need, and that's why I think the Celtics are going to be there. The Celtics have been there together for the longest. So I think those two teams have the most togetherness. Celtics have the most talent, in my opinion, but I think the Heat have the best coaching. So I think in the, the day, I put the Heat versus Celtics. And then I think this is the year the Celtics beat the Heat. They can't keep keep going for this. <laughs> They're not going for this. I think the Celtics will beat the Heat this year. I think it's the Celtics year. I do. Yeah. So the way this works, right? So the Heat won in 2020. Celtics won 2022. Heat won 2023. Celtics are going to win 2024. We like to call this who's going to lose in the NBA Finals Invitational. Uh, so whoever wins gets to go lose to, I don't know, the Clippers. They're not playing the Celtics, the, 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 I'll tell you this, man. If the Celtics make the finals and we and, bro, and we let the Clippers get their first ring, I'm off. I'm done. It's the Mavericks I'm go- here. I'm I'm gone. Ain't no if if ands or buts about it. That's what that's what Turner said. I'm gone. It's the Mavs oh, here, man. He said I'm out of here. It ain't <laughs> no the Mavs, bro. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's the Mavs year. I don't think so. Until got, they can get Tamar Wade Jr. and Grant Williams out of starting five, will not be there yet. They have to get out. That's true. Uh, what I will say <laughs> is, Chet Holmgren, he, with him winning NBA Finals MVP. Whoa. I mean, yo, I mean, look, they get to the finals for seven games. Chet could just unlock his full potential. And that ceiling may or may not be higher than, than Shays. I don't know. But. <laughs> Uh, I think if the, the Thunder want to win a final, I think Shea's going to have to be their best player. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Check a turn into KD for six or seven games. I don't know. <laughs> he is KD. What do you mean? He's just white KD. He Christian Leitner. So he weighty? Wade. <laughs> Wade. He needs to Wade. Oh, my gosh. All right. So that was a great, great basketball segment. But we're going to transition to the Week 17 recap. And I want to actually give the sticks to Danny. He said he, uh, you know, he wanted to talk about the, the, uh, the, the, the friends of the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Philadelphia Eagles, the PA brothers. He had something to say about um, known Epstein list members, Sean Desai and Brian Johnson. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk that uh, – J- Jalen Hurts is the problem. The Eagles' offense is the problem. I don't want to hear that. The Eagles' offense has put up 28 points. They put up tw- or 24 points last game. That is yeah. enough points to win a football game, especially when your defense has a pick six. Your and defense, the offense was only on the field for 20 minutes. Yeah, 20 minutes of offense. And you, you put up 31 points because of the pick six. I'm going to give them that. You put up basically 24 to 31 points. And th- they're blaming the offense? I hear people saying, oh, yeah, like they got to change the play call. Yeah, I get it. He's not a good play caller. But it's not all that. It really comes down to where has Jalen Carter been? Where has the pressure been? The Eagles D-line? has reverted back to what it's been in 2020, where they couldn't get home. They couldn't get pressure. And Hassan Reddick, you're 
asking to be paid like a star edge rusher. You're playing like a, a B minus tier right now. You're not going to get paid like that. Yeah, I, I agree. You mix a combo with a, a pass rushing unit that, and I, I said this to you guys on Sunday, it's almost like they're being taught something different. If you watch this Eagles line, you will see three out of four guys. I'll give Reddit his credit. He does at least try to put a move on somebody, not that it's effective or anything. But three or four guys are half-ass bull rushing, and it looks like they're trying to maintain their gaps. I promise you, Kyler is a lot more dangerous. Quarterbacks are a lot more dangerous when you just give them all day to throw, especially against a secondary that's not holding up. They're a lot more dangerous to throw than to escape the pocket, climb through a gap, and pick up a couple yards. You combine a defensive line that's not getting to the quarterback to a secondary that's not going to get you know coverage sacks. They're not going to cover yeah. long enough for you guys to get through. Now, mind you, right now we're without Slay, who has been super underrated this year. Like, I know he's let up some big catches, some big third downs. He's been phenomenal otherwise, in my opinion. You got a rookie starting at the other corner. The D-line has to step up. You have unlimited like injuries at linebacker. Not that they were good in the first place. So it's just like you got to draw something different up. And when these guys are blitzing, it's the same thing. They're just hitting guys. You Not everybody can just hit a body and expect someone else to make a tackle. I definitely get what you're talking about. Again, the play calling, it's bad. But to be quite honest, the talent has overcome it for the most part. The defense, ever since the Niners game, the, the run defense isn't the same. The pass defense wasn't great to begin with. So, yeah, I, I definitely get what you're saying. Um, but, yeah. It's just, I don't know what game you're talking about. So, yeah, that game didn't happen. We are on to next week. I don't even know if I'm going to be watching. I'm not going to lie. I would. I, I might watch something. You're... I might watch something else. <laughs> What's on? What, what? What? I wish these told me the times of the games on ESPN <laughs> Playoff Machine. Listen, I'm not watching. <laughs> I'll watch. I'll watch the Rams beat the Niners. We'll do that. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I don't think either team cares. They they really can't move in the playoffs. True. Oh, yeah, it's true. That's true. That's something we'll talk about when we get to that time. But um, to point towards the thumbnail and the caption of this episode, we got to talk about the Lamar Baltimore Jackson. Raven. Chris, I don't know how much you watched because you were on the cruise. <laughs> oh, I watched. watched. Well, for the, he was there for the Niners game, and mm-hmm. he watched, but – Oh, this Dolphins, I was, I was home this Dolphins, Dolphins outing was probably even more impressive. Yeah, I was home this for, Dolphins, that, for, that, yo, for that. I I love that we posted a video. Lamar Jackson didn't win MVP yet. After this week, he sure the fuck did. He, he somebody he, he, commented. He, he, I think on the Instagram. Stand. I think someone on Instagram said the MVP is going to be Tua's after he wins it this week. Get the hell out! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> oh, you know what I'm doing goodness. today, y'all? I'm doing. I'm gonna yeah. go back tomorrow before we drop. And I'm going to share the, the little clip because the one clip we have is me talking. If Lamar goes through the 49ers and has a great game and goes through the Dolphins and has a great game, he beats three other MVP candidates. Well, I guess people would count Tyreek too, so four, technically. Really just three. But he's beating them, and he had great quarterbacky games. He did. He did that twice. So now I don't want to hear any more talk about that. Isaiah Likely, Isaiah Likely is tight end one, I fear. I'm sorry about that. He is. I'm just kidding. But uh, Likely's been playing great. Bateman's been actually on the field and playing great. I just love what I've seen from my boys. And on top of that, the defense. 
Offense is offense is what I was happy about. But god damn it. Roquan Smith, Cal Van Noy, Jadavion Clowney, the whole group. And shout out to Calvin Noy and Jadavion Clowney, uh, those under the radar uh, offseason signings that I was happy about as a Ravens fan. But I think a lot of people might have just, you know, kind of slept on because I mean they're older. So I get that. But they've been great. Our corners have been way better than I expected. So I'm sorry for pissing on them all year because I was wrong. Brandon Stevens is way better than I thought. And I, I'm appreciative. I'm appreciative of my team coming to play every week. And I think the part about it that makes me most happy, like some people you can tell like they're not satisfied and they do it for the camera. You can tell Lamar's on another type of mission this year. He's on a mission to win a Super Bowl, not just be an MVP, not just be the best player, but to win a Super Bowl. And I think with that type of focus, this team can do it. And this, this is the year with the Chiefs looking shaky, Eagles being a little shaky. Those are the two teams that scared me the most, honestly. And then with Joe Burrow being out, I mean, what, what better time? So it's just it's just cool to see the stars aligning for once as what it looks like. So, you know, just uh, hey, happy for my team. All I have to say is you, you count the Eagles out. When the Ravens won the Super Bowl in 2012, the the Ravens had the exact same loss, 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 win, loss, overtime win, loss, loss, win, loss, loss to end the year. They had the same exact combo that the Eagles did where they lost in December after winning in overtime late in November. And no one was really – everyone's questioning the Ravens, like, oh, can they make a run? And the Eagles still make a run. I think they oh, yeah. can. I'm not counting them out, Danny. I'm scared of the Eagles. It's just the only thing is, I'm saying they look beatable. Like last year, I'm not gonna lie, the Eagles and Chiefs looked like they were going to Super Bowl, in my opinion, from like week 13 on, just because I'm like they looked unbeatable. Like this year, I think 49ers looked unbeatable, fourth point, and we we're able to do that. So I think they were the team who looked like the big bad wolf this this year. This year, not. But I'm never counting out Hurts and AJ Brown, and if, if they can ever figure it out, I'm, I'm not ever figuring it out. But they can figure it out again. I'm not. I'm not counting those guys out at all. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, I, I think the Eagles have a shot, but I'm going to give all the credit to Flowers, and I'm going to give him his flowers. Uh, give Zay his and, flowers. And Lamar, man, uh, what he's done for that offense is kind of unheard of in Baltimore ever. Yeah. Flacco, when he was there, just kind of – play the Mason Rudolph role, and that's kind of disrespectful, but he has distributed the ball. Flacco, he didn't make anything happen after the play. He's actually making more happen after the play now than he did back <laughs> in in 2012. He's got nothing to lose. <laughs> he has nothing to lose. Yeah, but that's how he's he, playing. Lamar, Chris had a perfect thing. He's 2018 LeBron. Is that much of a carry job, you think? Yeah, I, honestly, like LeBron had he had pieces, man. I mean, he, he he had he had all stars around him, but he still had to be there. Like you say, LeBron I, the team. If, if Snoop starts these games, the Ravens are like nine. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Of course, of course. I think the better comp is the 07 Cavs, and that's going to sound insanely disrespectful, but you have to hear me out. The 07 Cavs were one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. Now, why they were still not now, why all of them are still, you know, 2K generated players, because none of them can go get their own bucket on a consistent basis. I don't want to hear that. I can't think of his name, but he scored like 30 points to send them to the finals or whatever while LeBron had that game. Booby Gibson. Look, Uh, God bless him, man. You had a, a phenomenal game. 
give me that back-to-back nights. But nobody could do that. And it's kind of like the Ravens. One guy who's going to bring it every single day is Lamar Jackson. Or we're talking from offense standpoint. Everybody else, we're just going to do our jobs. It's going to be someone else's day. It's going to be Odell's day. It's going to be Zay's day. It's going to be Justice Hill's day. It's going to be Likely's day. Go from there. But one guy got to show up every day. Because if he don't show up, you know what happened. That's the thing about Lamar. Lamar has actually showed up every single game. They just blew it against the Colts. A rare rarity Justin Tucker miss. I know that still eats Chris alive. Uh, you have the Steelers game, which, again, they openly blow it. Obviously, this isn't Lamar's play call, but jump ball to Odell Beckham in Gargantua 2023. Yeah, no, that's not a good play call. And then you have the uh, the Browns game. Browns. Which, that was game of the year. Wow. Like, I don't know if there's anything you could really do besides just, like, maybe maintain the lead better, but that was a phenomenal game. But, again, with the Ravens, I think if we're looking at the playoff picture right now, they're the one seed. Uh, two seeds Miami, three seeds Chiefs, four seeds Jacksonville. Right now, uh, Cleveland's fifth seed, they're going to stay there. Buffalo's sixth seed, and Indy's the seventh seed. If this were to happen, like, right now, I don't trust any of these teams going into Baltimore. First of all, First of all, first because divisional round, they're going to play lowest seed possible. They, I guess, as the playoff picture is now, they would get Cleveland in the divisional round. Cleveland is the only team I look and say they have a shot. The reason I think Cleveland could not beat Baltimore if they have to meet up in the playoffs again, Joe Flacco is so, like, he, he is so, I don't want to, I actually think, I kind of think the opposite in a way. Like, Joe Flacco is so insane with the ball in his hands. Like, he's trying to make every throw possible. Like we just said, he's playing like he has nothing to lose. He has 10 touchdown passes, the seven picks. What happens when there's a day where all the chances you're taking aren't falling your way? And if, there, if there's a day that's going to happen, it's going to be against the best defense in the NFL and the Baltimore Ravens. Now, granted, Chiefs have the second, if not the best defense, you know, they have one of the top defenses as well. Maybe they could cause Baltimore offenses some problems, you know, after a third meeting. But to be quite honest, I trust Baltimore's lead tied for the lead in the league in turnovers. I trust that turnover making defense to make a quarterback who has a lot of turnovers turn the ball over. So I think kind of that play style could be Cleveland's downfall in a way. Uh, but if it's a day where, you know, where Joe Flacco is taking his chances and, you know, making things happen, you know, maybe they could upset Baltimore. But I kind of think off the back of that alone is the only way I can see Baltimore going down in the AFC. And to be quite honest, unless Philly finds their stride or San Fran is not 100 percent healthy and brings their A game. I definitely don't see anyone in the NFC bringing down the uh, Baltimore either. Yeah, and, I think this yeah. this really reminds me a lot of. 2019. Chris doesn't want to hear that. Baltimore getting the one seed. They've been running through everyone. They get they getting they're getting the bye. And back in back then, Tennessee put an end to Tom Brady in Gillette Stadium with Malcolm Butler uh, pick at the end of the game, right? I believe. When Tennessee, that's uh, it. I don't remember. Um, I don't exactly remember how it ended, but but then I was actually Tennessee I was actually went on, it. Tennessee went on and beat Baltimore, and Mahomes had that crazy comeback against Houston. This is the start of the Mahomes era, and it really just reminds you of this year 
with the Chiefs being the two seed, there the Chiefs there hasn't really been a team behind the Ravens that have shown who who they are in the AFC, and this playoff picture works out the same way. Yeah, I think. Go ahead. I don't. I don't know. It, this is very reminiscent of 2019, and it just feels really, really weird. I mean, Houston could be playing Buffalo in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's completely different vibes from from that I, standpoint, I believe. But oh, it's but very. The playoff the format re- seems it's just it, it just give me the vibe. The only difference is I trust the Ravens defense to not let Derrick Henry take over the game if they were to play a team that can run the ball that well anymore. Whereas yeah, back no, then the I, Ravens defense was just letting them clock the ball. They were taking time off the clock. Yeah, no, I actually feel the opposite. I think this Ravens team is actually much different from the team back then. The reason why I feel that way is because, first of all, this offense is leaps and bounds better than that offense. Lamar, it sounds crazy to say, is like 200% of the player that he was then. He has now found the perfect balance of throwing and running the ball or climbing the pocket, using the threat of him running the ball to get linebackers, get secondary players to step up, and then him hitting them over the top. I think that's been a big part of his game. The number and this, I'm not just saying this because this dude got turned into a fullback. I think truly the the biggest difference is that Kyle Hamilton, who's hopefully will be healthy by that time, is simply better than um, Earl Thomas. Earl Thomas at that point in his career, I think he made a Pro Bowl, but he wasn't a better coverage guy than Kyle Hamilton is right now. He's not a better tackler than Kyle Hamilton is right now. Kyle Hamilton's ability to play in the box with Roquan Smith is so underrated. The fact that you have two of the best tacklers in the league and one of them can cover, one of them can can play deep, can play that center field spot, and you really can't attack them deep. You also can't run on them. I think having Kyle Hamilton on that defense and Lamar being better than he used to be and having more experience than he used to have, uh, along with a new offensive coordinator and better weapons, I think this is completely different from 2019. And another thing I wanted to say, a lot of people gave us crap because, look, Lamar's going to win a second MVP. He's going to Canton, point blank period. If you two MVPs, you're going to Canton, Ohio. He is 26 years old. God forbid he does not have Tom Brady's playoff resume or Aaron Rodgers' playoff resume or Steve Young's or Joe Montana's playoff resume. Of course he doesn't have that. He's 26 years old. And the playoff games he was in, he didn't play great against Tennessee. He hasn't really had a key signature playoff moment. He's, what, one in three? How many games was he favored in? You know, they lose to Baltimore. I'm pretty sure he got hurt that game. Things happen. One of those losses, he was a rookie going into L.A. against the Chargers. He almost came, he almost come back and, and won that game. So, I think people talking from standpoint is like, oh, he can't be a Hall of Famer if you've done nothing in the playoffs. He could have never stiffed the playoffs. You're a two-time MVP. You're going to Cannes. Point blank period. And he's going to be winning that award soon. So uh, I'll tell you this. Get the sculpture ready. Get the gold jacket ready for uh, eight ball. Thank you. It's, it's going to get crazy. Look, at Lamar turns 27 in a few days. Um, I'll tell you this. You know who's just – you know who's 25 and you know who's 24? It's, you're going to be like, oh, wow, Lamar's done that. And just two being two years older than these two people, Trevor Lawrence and Jordan Love. 
Lamar's Jordan... just two years older. Yeah, even Jalen uh, Hurts is 25, and he could be sitting on one MVP right now, but, like, you know, still what Lamar's doing is phenomenal. I'll say he's locked up two MVPs by 26 because right now he's 26, and we all know who's getting that award. So two MVPs by 26 years old, uh, all's I'm saying, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I know yeah. I, I know. Chris is loving it all. He's loving all of this. Chris is loving it. His bro, boy's going to Canton, Ohio. <laughs> I'm hyped because, bro, it, my boy got so much hate, bro. And this is the thing. I legit – and people say this now with their line. I legit was hoping that the Ravens drafted Lamar Jackson in that draft. I was hoping for it. Like, I was hoping for it. I, I knew Deshaun Watson. I knew I knew, I knew, knew the players that were in the draft. I knew that. So I knew we were not going to be able to get a quarterback that high. I was hoping to God Lamar Jackson fell to us. So this is all just like – I'm legitimately happy. Like, past being a Ravens fan, like, I was a Lamar Jackson fan in general because my friend Tony was at Louisville at the time. Lamar Jackson was there. So I was watching them just because, you know, I was watching his game and stuff. So I watched, you know, watched their football team. I'm so happy for this dude because, in the, the day, he's always been doubted. They kept trying to turn him to a running back, turn him to a slot receiver. He's just a quarterback. He's a legit 2023 quarterback. He's your prototype now. If you're coming out, you either want a Mahomes or you want a Lamar. Or Josh Allen, you know, or, or you know, or that type of guy. You, you start. I would say it's more Allen Lamar type of deal because Mahomes is. Yeah, yeah I, if you want a project guy, he's not going to turn out my, like Mahomes. It's more likely you, you want a Josh Allen type of guy, bigger, faster, stronger, big arm. Sure. Uh, but also, you got to be able to run. You know, you got to be able to. I would say no one, and again, no one's going to be able to run like Lamar. But you know, you kind of want that guy. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, uh, I just don't understand how you guys saw a Heisman. Heisman and then Heiser, Heisman runner up and said, Do you think you could run routes at the combine? Are you for real? That's ridiculous. And I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't comprehend it personally. And I feel like, um, you know, hopefully that is a, st- uh, a thing that is broken soon because th- we need to stop asking black quarterbacks to, you think you could run at the combine? You think, no. Same thing with Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, like people have the idea of him being a gadget guy, him being a Taysom Hill. I'm like, this guy was just runner up in the Heisman. No, <laughs> he's going to play quarterback. Now, mind you, as an Eagles fan at the time, I'm like, we have Wentz. So my reasoning for maybe him being a gadget guy is like, oh, well, we have Carson Wentz. Like, I don't know what we're going to use Jalen Hurts for besides being, you know, serviceable backup. No, nah, this dude actually can play quarterback, believe it or not. Um, you know, and uses athleticism in the spare time, but uh, no, these two guys breaking all types of barriers. Uh, you know, shout out to the OGs, Warren Moon, Randall Cunningham. Um, you got. I even uh, throw Steve McNair in there, even though he wasn't a super running quarterback. I still throw Steve McNair in there. Steve Raven McNair, Steve McNair, like legit in that Super Bowl, you almost wanted him to throw the ball, like when they were playing the Rams, you almost wanted him to throw the ball because like, not that he couldn't throw the ball. He could throw the ball. We know that, but he was such a dynamic athlete. He was too damn big to be running like he does. It, it, Steve McNair was awesome. You know, rest in, rest in peace, rest in power. Um, but yeah, I think Lamar's, you know, the like you said, the prototypical next gen quarterback. Um, is there anything else we want to talk about from week 17? Danny, you want to talk about Steelers real quick? Maybe what they found with Mason Rudolph, and then we can transition into week 18. Yeah, I'll just say what Mason Rudolph has done is elevated the Pittsburgh Steelers by using the weapons. He said after he beat the Bengals on 
two two days before Christmas. He said, he said this on live television. He said, I really enjoy distributing the balls to my weapons. And I really finally understood. Pickett tried to, he, he's, not a, he's not a point guard. Mason Rudolph is just trying to be a point guard and just distribute. He's not trying to run. He's not, if he gets hit, he gets hit. He's going to take a sack. He takes a sack. He doesn't care. He's going to take his shots to Pickens. He's going to take Deontay underneath. He he lets Fryermuth work the middle. And that's what the Steelers have been lacking since Big Ben has retired. Even in his later years, he couldn't do that because he was inaccurate. Yeah. Uh, One thing, people think the term game manager is bad. That's not true. Like you just put it, it's like a point guard. Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo in his prime averaged like 10, 8, and 8. What do you think? He was sorry? No, he was the best game manager the game had to offer. Him and Chris Paul were the 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 top. Like this is these are the type of guys you want running your offense. They ain't gonna score a lot, but they're gonna put guys in the best position possible. I've I'm somehow comparing Mason Rudolph to 2011 Rajon Rondo, but here we are. Mason Rudolph is distributing the ball. He is just getting it to his guys. And in the simplest terms possible, yeah, he's a point guard. That's what you want. Kenny Pickett not being a point guard, not trusting his guys. And I don't really like to go off Instagram comments, but it seems like Mason Rudolph's got the locker room. The guys seem to like him. Even before seeing what Pickett's health status was for week 18, Tomlin said, we're giving it to Rudolph anyway, so it doesn't really matter. It's a hot um, hand thing. At that point, it's a hot hand, dude. It's, it's like- a hot hand. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know how you could go back to anybody else, to be quite honest. And going well, into next off, even if they don't – Let's say they win this game. Even if you don't make playoffs, conversations will be had going into Mitch, Mitch Trubisky next getting sent to Epstein Island. <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, but yeah, I mean, there there are conversations will be had heading into camp. So, um, yeah, shout out Mason Rudolph to baller games, big game by Najee Harris against the Seahawks. Danny, for once, gaslighted me into the correct pick, so I'm glad I sided with him in going Steelers in uh, uh, Seattle. Uh, and but one, can- one last thing yeah. of Week 17. I was giving Josh Allen some MVP hype. I don't know where he saw, if he saw himself in a mirror and went insane or something, but since I gave him that MVP hype, 94 yards against the Cowboys, 237 against the dilapidated Chargers defense and 169 yards at interception with 50% completion percentage against the New England Patriots. Brother, you might not win a playoff game because you are not playing good football. Yeah, I mean, to the Bills' credit, though, bare minimum, they're finding ways to win. They're winning. And so, I'm not saying and Josh Allen, And Josh Allen ain't going to be like this way forever, which I think, you know, he's not going to be this way forever. If you want good time to break out a Josh Allen game, it's against the defense that just let up 56. Um, we'll get to them in just a little bit. We're kind of going to, you know, quickly run through a lot of these games because a lot of them have playoff implications. Uh, but we can start with, um, Steelers Ravens. I think we kind of have an idea of how this is going to play out. The Ravens probably won't play their starters whole game. Steelers are hot. I think I'm fine picking Steelers over Ravens backups. I, I, I would yeah, think so. I, I, I'm picking the Steelers over the Ravens. Um, Chris, you got, you got, you got, you got Baltimore's backups or Steelers starters. 
Uh, unfortunately, I have uh, Steelers starters. <laughs> uh, because uh, wait, wait, wait. Let me make sure this is on. TJ Watt starts, right? Correct. TJ Watt does start. Well, uh, GGs. Uh, no, but I wait. Think- I don't know if you found out. We cloned TJ too. We got Nick Herbig. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, I don't need to see any of him. Make sure he he don't play Sunday Saturday. So yeah, it'll, it'll be a tough one. Shout <laughs> my boy Snoop. He's yeah. gonna try his best. So try his best. Congrats, you tried. What the Steelers need first off, they need to win. Uh, if they want to keep their playoff hopes alive, and then they no, would they do need not. a jagged. They don't need a win. They do. They, winning is the easiest way. But if the Steelers lose and the Jaguars were to lose, as long as the Colts and the Raiders do not end in the uh, Colts and the Texans do not end in a tie, we'd be in. Well, I would say, well, the, you know, the win is obviously the, uh, Wins obviously the best route to go. Uh, so we I have do. them winning. At this point, other options are Buffalo loss, Jacksonville loss, Houston Indy tie. Those would be your options, but we have the uh, the Steelers getting the win there. Um, and then we move on to another. I mean, huge game. Uh, Texans at Colts for the Colts. Their clinching playoff scenarios is winning in to get the division. They need a win and a Jacksonville loss. Um, and then same thing for Houston, winning you're in, you want the division win and Jacksonville loss. Um, CJ Stroud is back for Houston, Nico Collins. He's healthy Colts. They've been on a roll there. Uh, they just come off a win against the Raiders, which I won that coin flip, by the way, Danny, uh, Danny won at Raiders last week. I said, I want to go Colts. We coin flip for it and I won. So hey, to be, to, to be fair, it was a good game to be fair. Ball don't lie, but, uh, <laughs> coin don't lie. Yeah, but I mean, you got the red hot Colts. You got a, a Texans team that's getting healthy at the right time. Um, Chris, who do you see winning this game and and, and sneaking into the postseason? Uh, between Colts Texans, mm, I'm gonna take the team with the better quarterback. Just just gonna do that. C.J. Stroud's my guy, and I think this is this this is a big game, like a prove it game. You know, I, y'all know I love a good prove it narrative. I love a good. Whatever game, I love one. I think yeah, I think it'd be done. cool though. I think it'd be cool though to see, um, you know, with the scenario they have, just win and get in for the Texans. I think it'd be lit to see them win, uh, especially with them tra- trading up again to getting Will Anderson and getting CJ Stroud. I think people saw it as risky enough or like kind of you know just out there a little different. But I would love to see it pay off for D'Amico Ryan too. I-, I would love to see that pay off for them. So I think just of, out of pure wanting to see it happen, I'm gonna go with the Texans. But also, I think Texans are the better team without you know with with what they have missing tank Dale is rough very rough i get that but i think it's just a better team than the colts i think the, i think the colts have more weapons but i think the, i think the, the texans are a better team I, I think it just depends on what defense is going to show up and i think the Texans can get enough stops and i think the the, the texans will win danny yeah um i say the better I quarterback logic is I, I don't know i think that that's good enough for me as long as CJ Stroud is healthy and ready to go, give me Stroud. But how about this, man? Two rookie coaches coming down, end of the wire, week 18, winning in playoff scenario. It can't get better than this. One's on their backup quarterback, one's on their rookie quarterback. Um, yeah, I would say who who he's known for yeah. a while in Philadelphia. 
Yeah, one is it. A, it. one one is an offensive mastermind. One is a defensive mastermind, even though the defensive numbers haven't necessarily been there. But it's a young defense; they're still figuring things out. Uh, and this, this will be a really good week to figure things out against a backup Only quarterback. Uh, yeah, the, te- the, te- the Texans have been banged up in the defense heavily, and yeah. with St- Shane Steichen will be able to figure a defense out that is not having their star players. And we saw that. That's true. We saw it last year in the playoffs. We saw it throughout this year, even with no Anthony Richardson. Give me the Texans in a close game. Yeah, I think Prime I'm gonna time. go. Te- I think I'm gonna go Texans too. Um, and with that scenario, they would be in momentarily before we get to the Jags game. They would be leading the division. Um, but for the next game, we have we have Bucks at Panthers. Bucks. It's plain and simple. Winning your in, you win the NFC South. I think I'm going to go Bucks here. They didn't necessarily play. They didn't bring their A game against New Orleans, but you could bring your B. You could be, you could bring your C minus game, and you could beat Carolina. So I'm, I don't. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Bigger gets it done. Wins the division. Proves the haters wrong. Yeah, I think the Bucks win it. In. Uh, so Philadelphia will be heading down to Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. That that's what would be. Happening, Chris. You got Bucks. Mm. Say Panthers. You're outmatched two v one, so it don't matter. <laughs> put, no, the yeah, Baker, yeah. put the Baker hate in the bottom cabinet. No, I actually rock with Baker. Uh, I'm, I'm not a, a fan of his dancing, but I, I rock with Baker Mayfield. Oh, no, his dancing cool. sucks, bro. He got to stop. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the one I thought about. No, he like, horrible. He's favorite. horrible. So I'm yeah, horrible with with the, like the Madden I'm 20 animation. Movie, yeah, yeah, that. That's what that's what they decided to base their their dancing off of Big Baker. Nah, the one time he no, you got to look up his Oklahoma dancing, bro. That's the one time he really didn't come to play, bro. Anything after that, horrible. Uh, but yeah, I say we're going Baker here. They lock up the four seed. Philadelphia will be visiting them, and then we have the Browns won't really be able to move. So I'm pretty sure their backups will be playing the Bengals. I'm pretty sure the Bengals are eliminated. The Bengals want to lose. I would, yeah, I was, do we go Browns backups or are we going Bengals? Does this really matter? I, I Temple think legend PJ Walker. Here. He decided. <laughs> yeah, Temple you know legend what? Temple PJ. legend PJ Walker might start, so we're going with the Browns. I won't hear any what? if fans or butts. Now it might, it might it might be Jeff Driscoll though. Maybe we'll see. So as for Minnesota at Detroit. Minnesota's playoff clinching scenarios, they need a they need a lot. They need a win, a Green Bay loss, a Seattle loss, and a Tampa Bay loss, or a win, Green Bay loss, Seattle loss, and a New Orleans loss. They need a lot of help. As for Atlanta, I'm pretty sure I think they can hang on to the two seed with a win. I think they would need I think they would need to win. Oh no, Dallas is in the two. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Dallas is oh they're gonna play their starters. I think I'm gonna go Detroit. Detroit is needs a win to possibly jump Eagles and Dallas to the two seed. If both Eagles and Dallas were to lose, I don't know yeah. how likely that is. Um, we can ask. I think I, I think if you got a possibility, you still got to do it. Last year, the Cowboys needed like the Niners and the Eagles to lose to the Giants and like the Cardinals. They still played their starter. They got whooped actually, but they still did it. I think if you got a possibility at, at it, I think you play your starters, and I think 
Detroit will treat the Vikings just like how the Packers just did. So agreed. Um, I'll, I'll go golf and the Vikings. And one thing I want to point out, uh, I, for some reason, I saw like Jared Goff slander, which like I'm not like opposed to all the way, but like people are like, it's not bad to like y- every quarterback don't got to be top ten. Like it's fine to have an above average quarterback. It is okay. Just want to put that out there. Um, next game we're on to another game that doesn't matter. It's Jets versus Patriots. I just want to say Patriots just so Bill Belichick can go out the same way he's come in. Um, I want to say Jets for the opposite reason. I hate Bill Belichick, so I want to lose. No, I'm just kidding. I don't hate Bill Belichick. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But I do want the Jets to win because I'm a I'm more of a Jets guy than a Patriots guy, I guess. That's fair. Off Gardner, so, yeah. I, I have no – I have – you know, I have no Danny. I mean, look, if you're down to pick a tie, I'm down to pick a tie. It doesn't really matter. Definitely would have doesn't. Yeah, let's just go with a tie. It's a tie. It's irrelevant. Doesn't really matter. It yeah, matters for draft picks. Whatever. It matters for draft picks, right? Yeah. Um, now at this point, Atlanta and New Orleans with the Bucks winning, they have no say. However, if the Bucks did lose, Atlanta could clinch the division with that, and I believe New Orleans. Could also clinch a division if Tampa Bay loses. But in this situation, we don't. But let's say, let's say Tampa Bay loses. And this game is for all the marbles. It's for the NFC South. I think I'm, I'm, it's so ironic to say this. I'm going with the better quarterback. And Derek, Derek Carr is not that in a lot of situations, but he will 100% be in this situation. Desmond Ritter, Taylor Heineke. You've got a better chance rolling Arthur Smith out of quarterback. Like, I'd, I'd go New Orleans. They're home. They just came off a big win against Tampa Bay. Um, if this game didn't matter, I would go New Orleans. Yeah, I like that. I think I'm taking New Orleans as well. I don't. I'm not a big fan of what the Falcons are at the end of the year in close competitive games. Uh-huh. They just got blown out by the Chicago Bears. Give me. They the got ones. people thinking that Justin Fields should be kept over Caleb. Uh, you should keep Justin Fields and not draft Caleb Williams. Like that's how bad uh, you are, Atlanta. Well. Justin Fields is a phenomenal quarterback, and if you draft Marv, I would not be opposed to it. That's all I'll say. I would say Caleb Williams. Caleb, Justin Fields makes them a division title contender, and I think Caleb Williams in year two will make them a Super Bowl contender. I'm, I think we're we've all become numb to Caleb Williams a little bit because we ain't seen him in a while, and his defense is atrocious, but. Um, I don't know. I, I, I agree to accept, but we have, we have a uh, saints winning. All this was to point out that the, the, uh, they suck. The, the Falcons suck. Uh, okay. Yeah. So now we have, did you say, uh, no, the, I thought now, you said something. Dude. Now we have a very impactful game, a divisional game, same game as last year where the Jaguars can clinch the division as of the latest, uh, Doug Peterson says Trevor Lawrence is currently day to day, and they're currently assessing all of his symptoms from four different injuries at the same. Yeah, I mean it's rough, uh, but I will say, I mean it was the Panthers, but they did get a win last week, uh, which was huge with the backup quarterback. It, it, I it, think twenty six nothing. It did not look pretty though. Yeah, no, no, no. But I think Trevor Lawrence. This is a playoff game for uh, you know for all intents and purposes. I think Lawrence is going to give it a go. And I think they'll be able to get a win against the Titans team. I know Titans will probably want to play spoiler. Um, 
I think the Jags will try to, you know, they're going to put it all out there. And I think they're probably just going to out talent them. In my opinion, I would personally go Jacksonville and they'll lock up the division that way. Yeah. Historically, I believe Derrick Henry is a monster against Jacksonville. I believe his beast quake run 2.0 was against Jacksonville. Probably. And that 95 yard touchdown back then in the day. I was, not, I was 99. Like, it feels like 99. forever. It feels like forever ago at this point, doesn't it? I think Mariota was his quarterback. So it was pretty long ago. <laughs> I feel I might be an upset because the, 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 the Jaguars want the division. But the Titans are just playing for blood. They're in that middle range where the draft pick really doesn't change that much if they win or lose. They're playing for blood. And Mike Vrabel is kind of – I think a playoff spot is a little more motivational than blood. It is. But Mike Vrabel's contract apparently ends. They uh, Apparently he might need an extension. What better way to go motivate some guys? Go win, knock your division rivals out of the playoffs. I don't know. I think I can see it just the opposite. I think I can see it the same way. You're looking at a Jacksonville team that was supposed to buy the, the this division should have been clinched up three weeks ago, but I think they could feel disrespected. I think you know with Trevor coming back, they could have a point to prove. Trevor sadly is the most championship pedigreed guy on this team outside of Doug Peterson. He knows what this means. This team's won a playoff game. They damn near won two. Uh, if Christian Kirk, you know, wants to catch a ball, but. Yeah, I I would love a good you know upset story, not on the prince though. I I think he's gonna go in there and take care of business. Yeah, I, here's the thing: if Trevor Lawrence plays, I'm taking I'm taking the Jags, hundred percent. But I it's just hard for me to see him being a hundred percent coming into this game. He'll be he'll 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 play though. He's gonna be out there, and I think that's enough for me personally. I mean, if they make the playoffs, I think they can make a run. Um, they just got to get get everyone right and get everyone together at the same time, just like they did last year. This Jags team is just right there; they're right on the edge. And can yeah. they can they do it? It's the question. We'll see. Chris, you going Jags? Uh, the Prince that was promised. Of course, I am. It, this is this is his time. Two things I was well. One thing I've been right about so far. Cross my fingers. Lamar close to winning MVP. And the prince that was promised coming through for us, Tone. This is it. This is his chance to shine. They've been playing poop. He was hurt. This is his chance. This is his chance. And I, I, th- I don't think they jagged this game. Like I, I don't think, uh, I don't think the Jags jagged this game. I don't think they do it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. The whole time I had this on hots and locks, I'm gonna hit playoff race. But anyway, um, none of that matters. Um, down the stretch. Next, no. So yeah, next we have Seahawks well, let, let, Cardinals. Let, let's go in order. I mean. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm going. Well, no, the well, the Bills and Dolphins are going to be the last game, so let's start at the other end. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, what I got yeah. to say is the Packers are the second game. The Packers are a win and in scenario. So if the Packers win, the Seahawks game does not matter. And Fair. I'm taking, Fair. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers over the Chicago yeah. Bears. I think yeah. Jordan Love we gets in the, the playoffs in his week. first year. In his first year. Yeah, we said the same thing last week. He continues the ownership. Um, well, now let's say hypothetically that game does matter. Uh, Seahawks Cardinals, me personally, I think I got Cardinals playing spoiler. I sure do. I do. I, 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 you just saw what Najee Harris did to that. Just look at what James Conner and them did to the Eagles last week. They're going to bring the same game. 
They're going to bring the same game, run the hell out of the ball, keep it out of Geno Smith and that offense's hands. I, I see the Cardinals winning. I, maybe they don't want to because of their draft position. I'm not going to take that into account personally. I think they're at a point where, like, a report just came out. They want to keep Kyler. They might be in Marv range. If not, maybe trade back. I don't know how far Malik neighbors will fall, fall, but I think I got them winning this one. Yeah, I mean. I love I that we to, all see to, the we see the vision. <laughs> I got the Seahawks, though. Um, argh. They're playing for their for the their lives. That's all I'll say. And the, I yeah yeah you got I a team it. that doesn't care, and you got a team that's playing for playoffs. Who says the Cardinals don't care though? It's not they don't care. It's they they just went they just went there. and beat a better team than Seattle. And Seattle is worse at what the Cardinals just accomplished against the Eagles. The Seahawks are even worse at that. They are even worse at defending the run, and they have a worse secondary. They have so much talent for nothing. I think the Cardinals just win because, believe it or not, I think the Cardinals are just a better team. I can get down with that. Is well, that fair? Way, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, though. I get what you're, you're you're making literally the same exact argument I just said with Jacksonville. So I I totally get it. The team, what's going on? The team winner of these two games will be going on to see the Dallas Cowboys. True. And I think, like I said it last week, and I'll say it again. Jordan Love in the dome. No, stop. He he'll put up at least twenty five points against this Dallas Cowboys team. I think the Cowboys will romp them because they see they him as an inferior they team. Will nobody win, will nobody I... will understand this. In Chainsaw Man, it's one of my favorite shows. There is a woman called Makima, and if she thinks you are inferior to her, she'll kill you. If she thinks you are inferior, you're done. That's how the Cowboys work sometimes. Nobody's gonna get that. So y'all don't got to worry about it. But yeah. So Chris, do you have Seahawks or Cardinals winning? Cause we have to break this tie. Uh, I'm going with or the team work? that has, uh, who do, I, who do I like more as a player? Do I like Kyle you with K1 or, like or are you going right with there? DK? It was literally between those two, literally. Cause I could care less about both these teams in real life, but I'm going with DK. But I think the Cardinals are going to win because I think they're hot. Not hot, but I think they're going to come off a uh, uh, you know, big win last week. And I think you know they can just keep it rolling. And like I think what you said, too, they can really play that same game plan again and hopefully come out with a W. So I think if they stick to that, I think they got a, a really good chance of winning. So I picked the Cardinals in a close one, uh, a really close one. Bam. That wins the tiebreaker. Keeping Seattle out of there. Okay, Chiefs, Chargers. We're going Chiefs. No duh. Uh, a relevant game between – Broncos and Raiders. I'm going Raiders because I want to to keep his job. I mean, I I want him to get the head coach job. Yeah, we'll go Raiders for vibes. Is that fine, Danny? It's fine with me. Eagles, Giants. Give me the Eagles, dude. Danny, Eagles in a a 10-6 game. I feel the vibes. (laughs) Niners and Rams both really can't move. Wow. Wow. They can move. They can? If Green Bay wins an in. If the Niners were to win, Los Angeles would be going to Dallas, and I could see the Rams going to beat in Dallas. Okay, so the Rams want to win, and they'll be playing San Fran's backups. The Rams will be playing San Fran's backups, and they're pl- so they're choosing between playing Detroit or Dallas, pretty much. 
I think I know who I'd want to play. I'm going to take the Rams to beat the Niners backups. I honestly, I might even would have picked the Rams to beat the Niners starters. I think they're a completely different team that, that the Niners saw week two. Personally, I really like how hot the, the Rams have been. Puka, Puka might crack an all-pro team, like for real. He's top four in yards. He's been instrumental in this team's success. Uh, yeah. Now we got Cowboys against Commanders. Uh, I don't see I don't see Commanders playing spoiler like they did last year. I think the Cowboys they know what's on the line. They're gonna go in and take care of business. I think. I'm with you. We, right we good on that one. Okay. Yeah. Now a game that we have been foreseeing for weeks now. You can look back, check the dates. We've been saying that this the AFC East title game, week 18. It's gonna be. We've been saying for weeks this is gonna happen. The Bills are going to go on a run. Dolphins, we're going to drop the Cowboys and the Ravens games. Um, so here we are. Week 18, Josh Allen versus Tua for the division. Who do y'all have? I know who I got. I let Chris go first. Mm. Fair. <laughs> you got to go first, Chris. <laughs> well, I'll tell you about this. Everything in my gut is telling me to pick the people I'm not going to pick. I'm trying to leave some suspense. I'm picking the Dolphins. I think Jalen Wilde's going to be back. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm not sorry. I don't know if Jalen Wilde's going to be back. I'm sorry, man. I'm not sure he's going to be back. But I think they know that they have to win just off momentum alone. Like, just they have to come back and, and hopefully prove themselves uh, to themselves. Like, that was a really bad loss against the Ravens. It was a bad loss. No matter how you cut it, it was, it was a bad one. And I think this would be a good bounce back week, especially going into uh, postseason play. Like, right after, I think it would be a huge one for the Dolphins to win, but I know it's even bigger implications for the Bills, but I think the Dolphins know that they got to win. They want to actually go make some noise in the playoff and not just make it and be out in the first game. Yeah. Danny, you want me to go? Or you... I'll, let you, I'll let you take it. I'm going to take the last. Okay, yeah. So I, I definitely see Chris's vision. I mean, if I don't know if Jalen Wild is going to play, but, I mean, just like the Niners did last week, you they got whooped, they came back, they bounced back and win. I mean, the commanders are a little different than the Buffalo Bills, though. I think the, I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Josh Allen has not really had a Josh Allen performance in a couple of weeks. I think that's good. They're finding other ways to win football games, and they've kind of been holding off for, you know, Josh Allen to bounce back. I think they could take a lot of this Ravens-Dolphins film, see what they what works against this Buffalo defense. Uh, or against this Miami defense, uh, Buffalo is going to look at the tape, and I, I I have the Bills going into Miami, coming out on top. Uh, they've won. I think we went over this uh, last episode. I think it was like they won the last six six of the last seven. The one win being in Miami, it was a one point win or something like that. Twenty one nineteen. Twenty one nineteen. Twenty one nineteen. So yeah, I have the Bills going into Miami. Reason <coughs> and uh, the Bills going into Miami. Plain and simple, Josh Allen has not been himself the last couple of days or last couple of games, and I can't see it lasting forever. And shout out to the team for keeping the boat, keeping things afloat with him not being himself. Shout out, you know, James Cook has really been, he's been on a tear. Um, and Stephon Diggs has not, I mean, him and Josh Allen's like stats the last couple of weeks kind of go hand in hand. They haven't been, you know, cooking together. I think this week they they break that, and I think I, I'm going to go with the Bills. So Danny will be the tiebreaker here. <laughs> I have a little bit of a rant to go on here. Go ahead. The, t- the last time they played was October 1st, week four weeks into the season. And guess what? The thing about this is the Dolphins team back then, they did not have a man named Jalen Ramsey. They, And that plays a huge factor in 
who's lining up across from Stephon Diggs. Because Ramsey is his physical corner is going to try to jam you. And that's what Diggs really doesn't like. When you're a shifty guy, you don't want to get jammed. You don't want to get hit at the line. And not even that at all. That's not the only reason. The Buffalo Bills, since then, they've had Tredavious White, Damian Harris, Matt Milano, Jordan Phillips, all go on injured reserve. And with the injury state of their team, Waddle is probably going to be out, but Tyree Kill is just a playmaker. Raheem Moster and Devonna Chain are, are just too much of game makers that the Bills shut down when they had Milano. Milano being out is the difference maker for me. I'm leading the Dolphins. Ooh, I thought you were going to go Bills, but I am outclassed here. We are going to have to go Dolphins by committee. That would leave this playoff picture. Baltimore is the one seed. Miami would be the two seed hosting the seventh seed. Pittsburgh Steelers, the third, the three seed Kansas City Chiefs will be hosting the six seed Houston Texans and the Fourth seed Jacksonville Jaguars will be hosting the fifth seed Cleveland Browns. Over in the NFC, the San Francisco 49ers will be the one seed. Cowboys are going to host the Green Bay Packers as the two and 17 matchup. Third seed Detroit is going to get the sixth seed Los Angeles Rams in a battle of swapped quarterbacks there. And then Tampa Bay is going to host Philadelphia for the second time in three years in the wild card round. Um, so that's how we have it. And this is should not an easy my, week. Should I book pick. my flight to Miami right now? Right now? No, nah, that's pretty ballsy. <laughs> I, I was about to say, the one thing you were I was lying, saying, You were lying on Tua for that. Remember that. You were lying I, on I would Tua. rather see the Steelers. I would rather see the uh, – I'm sorry. If I'm the Steelers, I'd rather uh, play in that scenario than play the Texans. I know it sounds weird than, than right. what the Chiefs would be doing. I think you said the Chiefs are well, playing – Well, they would be – I think they would most likely be playing – well, I'm not sure. I think the Steelers – if Bills won uh, here, let's say if the Bills won, I'm pretty sure the We'd oh be well out. if the Bills win, the Steelers would be out. So oh, yeah, okay. so uh I think we know why Danny's really going uh, all that Jalen Ramsey nonsense. It's just it's just it's just nonsense. He's just <laughs> he really just wants the Steelers in the playoffs. <laughs> I know, but it is still good logic. It's good logic to hide the fact that you really just want the Steelers in the playoffs. So it's it's uh it's selling. It's it's selling for sure. Uh but with that, like Buffalo, re- Buffalo could be the two seater out of the playoffs, and that's really crazy and unfortunate for the run that they they went on. Having a quarterback miss the playoffs in his prime is just brutal. Could you imagine? <sighs> Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, not Justin Herbert seems just bad. <laughs> like uh, Joe Burrow seems just beat up. He's not even playing. Um, so yeah, the defense is there. Horrible. We have it. I t- I told yeah. Joe that. Hey, my Bengals hate. Burrow might have got hurt, but it eventually got home. Don't they started that. to figure it out a little bit. They hey, started I, to figure it out, like, a I little a bit there. I had a question. So, like, after all the dust settles and everything, is there, like – so, when, when it comes to football playoffs, like, the reason I, I like football playoffs over basketball is I feel like, you know, every every game means something, obviously, in the season, but you really have one game where you just smoked. Like, do you think one game, like, for the Bills – and Dolphins, do you think one team's a better one-game team? You know, if, if that makes sense, like a team would you rather just pick uh, if it was Super Bowl game, like would you pick the Dolphins or, or Bills? And that's kind of how I was looking at it for who would I pick in that in that game. You know what's crazy? Personally, I'm probably taking the Dolphins. Yeah, me too. I, that's why I, I actually agree. Reason for that, yeah, I think Josh Allen's highs and lows are too high and too low. 
The Dolphins, yeah, two is going to have high and lows, but I expect two Mike McDaniels. Two is here. Yeah, his Allen highs and here. lows are here. Uh, yeah, exactly. And Allen, look, I, and I predict him to break out of the slump because I trust him as one of the best quarterbacks in the league to do that. He could very well just not do it. He could very well just go out there and put up another stinker. Like, it, it could happen. Uh, So, but yeah, I mean, one game setting, I might trust Miami more as a whole. Yeah. I and think my they're thing more is- prone to take care of business. And the Bills don't have a wide receiver too, that you can rely on, in my opinion. Yeah, I think true. too that like fully, having Waddle and Hill, Dolphins for context. Yeah, have, huh? No. Uh, but Waddle's yeah, I would say for for context, yeah, fully healthy Dolphins. I think are are I trust more to win one game. Uh, can't understate how how important Waddle is into the offense. It doesn't maybe it doesn't feel like it this year with how big Tyreek's been, but like. These wide receiver, two, wide receiver twos, man, they're they're instrumental. Higgins, Waddle, Devontae Smith, the, these these teams are not contending without those guys. I mean, Bengals aren't contending, but even last year and the year before, there's no Super Bowl run without T. Higgins. There's no super explosive Miami offense without Jalen Waddle taking the double teams off a hill. And the Eagles, there's no Super Bowl run. There's not even a Super Bowl, you know, game got tying drive without Devontae Smith. So, uh, yeah. Well, with all that being said, um. We'll be giving the lays later in the week. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll give all that all that out later. Um, but yeah, thank you guys for tuning in for watching it on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, keep showing love. We just actually had one of our best YouTube short videos, so we really appreciate that. If you're listening to this on Apple Pods, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast from, please leave a like, download, five star rating. Uh, please help us continue to grow this show. Uh, we really appreciate you guys. Uh, you know the returning viewers. If you're new here, you know please stick around. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, anything from you guys before we go? Mike Tomlin has worked his black magic once again. 20 straight. Yes, he, yes, he has. That is true. All right. Well, we're going to get on out of here, guys. Chris got to go drop a 30-point triple-double. Um, <laughs> from, from AP New Freezer, Culture by Amigos, and DC Comics. Thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week.